Hey y'all, DJ Louie here, just dropping a preview of our latest Pop Pantheon All Access episode in which senior editor at Pitchfork, Anna Gatza, joins me to discuss Dua Lipa's 2020 album, Future Nostalgia. We're deep diving back on this record on the eve of Dua Lipa's new era, which seems to be kicking off in earnest at the moment. So I thought it was the perfect time to reflect on the record that made Dua Lipa a superstar at the height of the pandemic almost four years ago. If you enjoy this snippet and you want to hear the rest of the episode, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash pop pantheon or by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode so here's a snippet of my conversation with anna about dua lipa's future nostalgia all right so i'm here with anna gotza senior editor at pitchfork anna welcome to the show oh my gosh hi Lily. hi it's so good to be with you i'm such a big fan of your work this is a true honor thank you so much um thank you for inviting me to talk about dua lipa's album future nostalgia <laughs> my pleasure i mean okay so let's just say that's why we're here dua lipa appears to be on the verge of a new era although slightly shaky on exactly what's happening she released the single houdini a couple of months ago i don't think it's necessarily done as well as was hoped or in a way that seems to like measure up to the success of all of the singles we're probably going to be speaking about today in the context of this album. You reviewed Future Nostalgia in Pitchfork. You gave it, I think, a very friendly review at the time. It was an interesting moment, obviously, for Dua Lipa in this you know, framework that we're going to talk about today, both in the sense that like this album, I think, established her pop stardom and career in a way that her first album didn't. It was, you know, a successful record, her initial album, but it was a little bit diffuse. It was kind of all over the place. It sort of bubbled into a viral hit with new rules, which got big off of a viral music video. But I think this record kind of reimagined who Dua Lipa was as a pop star, as a superstar, as a star with ambition, as a star with scope, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious, just just before we get into the details of it, you liked this album when you listened to it and you reviewed it back in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic, obviously being the other really important groundwork for this record. It came out two weeks, I think, into us being on coronavirus lockdown. So a very particular moment in time that's going to define a lot of how we think about this record. I'm curious, like having gone back through it now, thinking about it as it's rolled out over the last three years, it had a very long campaign with a lot of singles. It was kind of a old school rollout in many senses where like, you know, it had a it had a long tail. Do you feel warmer, less warm on this record? And how have you evolved in your thoughts about Dua Lipa like over the last, let's say, nearly four years that this record has been in the world? I don't want to be boring, but I feel like I feel warmly about it then and I feel warmly about it now. And like as we've started to see a little bit more of like Dua Lipa kind of come into her own as like a public figure, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. That's kind of who I thought you were. And mm. I like I weirdly like respect her a lot. <laughs> She's someone who like her mm. quotes tend to strike me as thoughtful. She's got like a little bullshit ratio in what she says. <laughs> and it's not, she's not going to hit every single time. But like this album really like picked us up you know, in like a really dark right. moment for pop culture right. and on the internet. And like, God, it's, it's so cursed to say that like it was a simpler time. March 2020 was a, a simpler time <laughs> by the standards of where we're at now. But like, I do get a little bit of that flashback to being like, just I was like curled up in my chair in my bedroom working on this review, mm. like having just started mm. working from home, thinking that in two weeks we were going to flatten the curve and we'd all be back to normal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, remember flattening the curve. <laughs> it was such, it was such a time, such a time. And like, I'm almost picturing like Sailor Moon 
when she does her like mm. her swirly thing and she comes out as like a superstar mm. she was a character already she was already a girl on tv mm. that's Dua Lipa she mm. went into future nostalgia and like did a magical transformation and like came out holding like a spear yes a hundred percent I think this record was a surprise in some ways I mean I remember sort of the way that I was thinking about Dua Lipa prior to this was more in the realm of like your BB Rexa Ava Max type of pop star like consistently able to sort of find minor hits but not particularly interesting as a figure in and of themselves sort of a vessel for random songs that was beloved by gay people maybe and like bigger in Europe but like not exactly like a super A-listy pop star and I think what most impresses me about this record maybe more so than even its musical achievements which I think are worth noting and talking about and obviously we will get into all of that is the scope of the ambition that she clearly had for herself going into this like the vision to sort of say I'm gonna make myself into a pop star with this scope with this level of ambition with this level of ability to render an era with a point of view and have a stardom sort of trajectory that matches up with the greats of who I'm aspiring to be like and her ability to execute that really surprised me. I mean, I have to say, like, that was not what I was expecting going into this era. I wonder if you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we get so much pop music about manifesting, and, like, few of them are actually manifesting the way Dua Lipa just, like, manifested an an A-list pop star off this record. And I was working in music news when songs like Hotter Than Hell and Blow Your Mind, Moi, like, these singles from her self-titled album were coming out. I even remember watching those videos, like, probably the day they dropped. And I thought those were all right. Those were catchy hits. They didn't quite stand out to me. It was, just like you said, it was not obvious that she was going to become an A-list pop star just from those songs. I also forgot, I forgot that she won Best New Artist at the Grammys in February 2019. I must have watched this happen live on television. Like, I know I was watching, but like, do I remember? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) She actually famously kind of like eviscerated Neil Portnow, who had just recently said his famous comment that ended up ending his tenure there about how like women needed to step up in order to get nominated. And she went up there and basically like said, hey, I think we've like stepped up essentially. She helped kind of drive home the end of his career, it felt like in that moment. That's a little bit iconic. I don't know if she got enough recognition for that since she wasn't no, wasn't I don't being think so that, she wasn't being that recognized at the moment. No, no and I know like sure. I know some people regard that best new artist award as like some kind of curse or like it says that, you know, you're you're sure to flop after that, which I don't I don't really believe. Suffice to say that like the attention was there, but the expectation was not necessarily there. Agree. That seems like an exactly right characterization of it. So I think the other important things to say like sort of heading into the pre-future nostalgia era was okay, you have this first record. It's successful. It's actually spins off quite a few hits in Europe, not so many here, but New Rules is obviously like the thing here that makes her a big star. One, don't pick up the phone, you know he's only calling cause he's drunk and alone. Two, don't let him in, you have to kick him out again. Three, don't be his friend, you know you're gonna wake up in his bed in the morning. And if you're under him, you ain't getting over him. I got no rules, I count him. I think it's New Rules is such an interesting record in many ways in terms of like why this felt like such a bait and switch because New Rules is just the kind of hit that feels like it's from a pop star that doesn't have the scope and ambition. Like it just sounds blandly mid-2010s. It's hard to classify what kind of music it is. It doesn't have like a really distinctive musical point of view. I get that it has kind of like a sharp, funny attitude and edge about like sort of saying like, hey, like this is how you sort of dump a guy or whatever, which is like a classic perennial fave for like pop girlies, obviously. But like it's the in terms of how 
how it sounded to me. It's the exact kind of song where it's like, okay, this is just like a song. It's a novelty. It like sounds very much of its time, you know? So I think the things that sort of feel important also in setting up Future Nostalgia, she has a couple of like stray hits that feel like they sort of set the table for this. One of course is One Kiss, her collaboration with Calvin Harris, which is very much like a 90s house, very dance music forward song, which I feel like is important groundwork for this record because one thing that I think we will remember Future Nostalgia for and that it definitely was doing in the moment was sort of saying like dance music is back. You know, I think one of the contexts that this record arises into is like for the, you know, post 2012 Lord Lana phase of pop where most main pop girlies had kind of abandoned the idea of dance music more or less and were making much more introspective, lower tempo, darker toned music. Dua Lipa was very much like seeing her avenue to sort of creating meaning for herself in the pop landscape by saying like, I'm going to be the vessel through which like dance music returns. And I feel like One Kiss and its success were was part of that, as was Electricity, her song with Silk City, I believe was their name, of Diplo and Mark Ronson. Yeah, where did that collab go? Uh, duo. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I love Electricity. I, I love, was wondering. I was like, just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Like, of these songs, New Rules, I was just reading about New Rules last night and like it's been reported that that, that track was kind of shopped to a couple of other artists who turned it down before it right. wound up with Dua Lipa. I'm so curious right. to know who that is. But And I was like thinking like, yes. why would another more presumably like more prominent pop star rejects that track and like remember like Trapa Pop like it's got a little yes, bit yes of course right it yeah, does it's exactly just what you said it sounds it's a little very bit that. it sounds a little mid-2010s I can see why yes. also we have no idea what like the demo vocals sounded like maybe they weren't very good I could see why mm-hmm. another artist would say hey like this isn't the moment Rihanna for instance <laughs> hmm hmm god the legacy of songs that were supposed to be Rihanna songs made us <laughs> yeah, it's like its own podcast <laughs> then we have One Kiss her song with Calvin Harris yes. which that song never really spoke to me it doesn't stand out mm. for me a ton the song that won me over really to her was Electricity that collaboration yes. with Silk City which is Diplo and Mark Ronson and she really thought she just yes. brought something to that song to the vocal performance to the video that was just like a lot more distinct than you would expect from mm. big name male producer featuring lesser known female singer we know there's totally so many of those tracks out there but like Electricity hit and like after that I was paying yes. more attention What do you think hit about that exactly? Why did that play to Dua Lipa's strengths in your mind? Gosh, I mean, is it like her, and I say this as a compliment, her sort of like stony delivery with the energy of the song and the like the evocation of like actual like electrocution I (laughs) I thought that video concept was so good I thought the video concept is a it's like a throwback to the 70s blackout in New York City I thought that was such a really well done I probably enjoy that more than most of her other videos yes agree you know I think it's one thing I was thinking about when thinking about electricity and like maybe it applies to a lot of future nostalgia too is like this weird interplay in the way that Dua Lipa sings between that icy steeliness and then also kind of like a strange soulfulness like she has a weird combo of like soulfulness but also like she seems so icy and unapproachable and kind of impenetrable at the same time and I feel like those are both qualities that work well in dance music and particularly in kind of like the house music environs that that song was calling back to that electricity was calling back to the sort of piano stab 90s house soul house diva kind of vibe like she actually brings both like the ice and chill that you kind of want like the cool factor and she also can kind of like bring a little bit of the heft like she's a good singer I think, I think she catches a lot of flack for this supposedly like aloof persona but to me that is appealing to me that is why dance music is such a perfect fit for her because 
if you think about dance pop, like the tension in that music arises between the mechanical repetition and the control of the rhythm and then mm. the message mm. of like dance floor liberation, you can move any way mm. to this. And like that seems mm. like such a natural fit for her personality. And as she started to like do more interviews and stuff, now we've come to understand that like people who know her well says, you know, she's super organized. She's on time to the right. she's on time to the minute. But we also know that she right. loves to dance and party and she's like always she's always going to the club. You know what's makes what's interesting about what you're saying about the organization factor that I think is also important to setting up the future nostalgia era is like sometimes I think like a certain pop star strength that like maybe is less obvious to people as opposed to like Mariah Carey singing voice or Whitney Houston or Taylor Swift songwriting ability is like editor and chiefness. Like I feel like that is like a very important mode of pop stardom that actually a lot of the greats are the best at. So I think about like Madonna maybe being like a great example of this type of pop star, right? Micromanaging like, so much she can't get her own movie produced. Like literally, literally that. And also like not necessarily the greatest singer of all time, not the greatest songwriter of all time, not the greatest dancer of all time, but like good at all those things. But really what Madonna's gift was as a pop superstar was her ability to like have a big idea, like see what needed to happen and then like execute on the vision, like really understand like what pieces need to be put in place to like have this grand vision get executed in the way that I want to see it. I mean, I think Beyonce is an interesting example of someone who probably hits all the quadrants of this in many ways, but like as much as she's a great singer and a great dancer and a great performer, I think Beyonce's maybe number one strength is also this. Like, no, like infor information in technology. A hundred percent. Like Beyonce is able to like have these massive envisioned eras and then fully pull them off and put all the pieces in place, whether it's 20 songwriters on one song and 10 music videos directors working on a visual album and the fashion and all of the parts of it. And to know what people want from her on a grander scale at a given moment like what is the role that she's playing in the marketplace how does she fill that role a big macro understanding of that is like a really integral pop star mode that you can have I guess maybe some are maybe this isn't everybody's vision but I think it's a pretty important thing to have and I think Dua Lipa weirdly exercises that in this era I mean I think her ability to say A what am I good at what do, what will suit my voice like what's the kind of music I should be making that suits my persona and also what where is pop music right now? And what is the role that I can fill in like, you know, setting the agenda? Because that's the other thing that I think separates A-list pop stars from like BB Rexa and Ava Max is like, there's a certain echelon of pop star that goes like, how do I set the agenda here? Like, how do I change the tides of pop music? And I think maybe through the success of Electricity and One Kiss and this sort of gelling together of this idea that like, oh, dance diva is where I need to be. Dance music is what is going to be the thing. And the fact that like we were seven years into that point of kind of like a sort of dearth of that music in mainstream A-list pop stardom. She was able, I feel like, to see that whole very clearly in a way like and anticipate the needs of the broader pop body politic. And that was part of the genius of this record in some ways. And I understand that for some fans, that approach can come off as like too calculated. That was just a preview. If you enjoyed that and you want to hear the rest of this episode, plus weekly bonus episodes of this show and so many more perks, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon or by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode.